Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Today we're talking about the impact our environment has on us. In Buddhism, a crucial concept called the oneness of life and its environment teaches that our environment is simply a reflection of our own life because they're interconnected. So when we change internally, it's reflected in our environment. For an explainer on this topic, check out the video linked in the show notes. To unpack the idea, we're speaking with Niall Ross of Santa Monica, California today about how his practice of chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo has enabled him to become someone whose internal sense of confidence and self-love outweighs any negativity he experiences from his environment. Based on this shift, he has been able to create a life and career he truly loves. Here's Niall. My name is Niall Ross. I'm 30 years old. I live in Santa Monica, California. And I'm a musician and also uh, an up-and-coming UX designer. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, well, we're going to touch on all aspects of your life and practice. But um, mm. let's just start with context, which is how I always mm. start the show. So can you just tell me the story of, like, how did you get introduced to SJN Tram Buddhism? And why did you start chanting or sort of what was going on at the time that you decided, I'm going to start chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo? Right. Um, so I was born into the practice, um, and honestly, I can't remember a time where I wasn't chanting, to be honest. I was actually talking to my mom, uh, not too, uh, like earlier today. And she was telling me, yeah, I was chanting while you were in my belly, you know, <laughs> and she's like, you just were a chanting baby, you know, and I had like little bits of, uh, breakthroughs as a kid, you know, like in third grade, um, I was chanting for a snow day. And this was when I was uh, living in New Jersey. So I was, I was born in New Jersey um, and I was chanting for a snow day for, for, for months, you know, and it was like December, like um, December, January, February, it, there was no snow that year. It was so weird. So. My birthday's in March and I'm and I'm chanting for a snow day and um, there was a, I don't know if it was a blizzard or something like that. But anyway, it came right my, on my birthday week. And so I wound up getting the whole week off of school <laughs> um, and it was on my birthday week. And that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I have the power to command weather <laughs> as a 10 year old, you know? And so... Since then, I've always kind of viewed chanting in a positive light. So um, I feel like that that was like the beginning of my uh, journey to chanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Those are, oh man, I love those experiences. I also grew up in the practice and I never commanded weather, but <laughs> I remember learning how to ride a bike and being like, I'm going to learn how to ride this bike. <laughs> just doing it so i i hear you um so so for you know people who grow up around any kind of practice like i think mm. there is what you're describing that kind of like joyful trust this is this thing i can always use but then mm. there comes a point when you're 
like becoming an adult that you you kind of start asking yourself like what does it mean and do I want to do this and so I'm curious right. for you even that was at a pretty young age I understand mm-hmm. um so like why did you sort of continue or, or build that practice into your life as an adult yeah um there's such a huge difference when you um have like a deeper understanding of how amazing chanting is um and i would say it had to be during high school you know um i really was battling with so many um insecurities and um you know self doubts and like i had i dealt with bullying you know um and and just for context um i moved from new jersey to arizona when I was 11 years old. And in New Jersey, you know, I was in a all black, like just black neighborhood, black school, you know, and I didn't even see myself as like a, a race, you know, I was just a kid, you know? And um, when I moved to Arizona, it was like, you know, completely different. Like people would tell you like what you are and it, it would show you. And so um, that among other things, uh created this um lack of belief in my life you know i dealt with just dealing with racism I, the first time i heard like the n-word was at 11 years old you know it was just like mm-hmm. it, it was a really uh kind of like a wake-up call and i wound up kind of just uh internalizing this and so what that did was essentially my environment reflected that internalization so i started attracting people who did not respect my life because i didn't respect my own you know and um it was almost like at a comfort level too you know i was kind of like i i guess i accepted it you know and so when i would say it was my ninth grade year is when i felt like i was like really really suffering as far as just I was like, should friendships be like this? Like, should people always slander me, make fun of me, you know? And um, and I'm just supposed to be okay with that, like, you know? And so I just remember um, my mom telling me, do you want to be happy? You know, just, and like the way she said it, it was, you know, it's so cliche when you hear it, but like when someone tells it to you life to life, like, do you want to be happy? You know, and, uh, she didn't that's all she kind of just said right and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna chant and so um through that chanting um i did like a summer campaign uh and what i did was uh i chanted 30 minutes intervals throughout the day so i chanted 30 minutes and then i would go play video games for another 30 minutes and then I go back. And so it would add up to three hours. And so just pretty much all day, the whole summer, I was chanting because that's how uncomfortable I was. And I'm like, okay, yes, I've chanted for things and and had tangible benefits, but there's there's I was really searching for something more. Like, okay, how can I tap into this uh even deeper? You know, and I don't even think I was even, I don't even think I was thinking that much deeply. I was just chanting because it felt good chanting too, you know? So um, anyway, uh, after that summer, I actually transferred schools. um, And that's really just how bad it was in ninth grade. It was, you know, I just, uh, 
you know, I, I almost got in fights. I had actually like a couple fights, like the year previously, it was just ridiculous. But anyway, I transferred and uh, I wound up getting into football and, um, I created bonds of friendship with my football team and, uh, I made like sincere, uh, friendships with with people that you know honestly I didn't think that I would have friendships with and um you know it was I didn't realize it till later I'm like you know those people that I was attracting in my life they're not here you know because it, they would show up in different forms it's not like it's the same people literally but it would be like the same life condition or the same kind of personalities and you know I wasn't being slandered I wasn't being made fun of I was around people who actually um, enjoyed you know uh, my friendship our friendship and so that's when I understood I'm like okay the concept of transforming your karma uh, I I felt I got a glimpse of that because even to this day I never had to deal with that uh, being around people a, a group of people who don't like me and I'm okay with that you know um and it wasn't like something i'm like oh i'm actively trying to avoid these people but it was just the universe did not attract them to me so i just people that i met in my day-to-day life it just they were just really good people you know and if they weren't like naturally our friendships would not happen you know so uh, but anyway yeah it's definitely the, the catapult yeah, sounds like it. I mean, yeah, that's first of all, super young to even be like digging that deep. And also for context, you don't have to chant three hours a day. I certainly <laughs> did not start my practice <laughs> chanting three hours a day. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, If you don't mind, uh, just a couple of follow ups to unpack that a little. So mm-hmm. um, like, do you remember what it is that you were chanting for or about, you know, like mm-hmm. when you were sitting there? I'm just thinking from the perspective of someone who's new, who's like, Mm-mm. I would have just been mad. And I don't know, like what on earth was going through your head that, <laughs> you know, you could sit there. Yeah. That's such a, that's, it's a, it's a great, that's a great question. Um, like what was going through my head? I honestly think I was, I was, almost like reliving all of the things that made me sad, uh, you know, and it, it, I don't know, it was kind of like when you chant, it, it was, I don't know if I purposely was thinking these things or, but it was almost like I had to flush it out of like my life, you know, kind of like uh, just all these memories in my head of like people slandering me, making me feel less than, and um internalizing it and believing it i had to confront it in front of the gohanzen you know i feel that when i'm not when i wasn't chanting i can create distractions i can just play sports or just look at the positives of of these people who are not my real friends i would you know but when i was when i was in front of gohanzen i was really chanting like being completely honest about you know, these people and myself and like all of that. So I don't know. I mean, I, 
I was sad when I was chanting in front of the Gohanzen, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. There would be points where it was joyful where I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to break through. Like, I'm going to win. You know, I'm going to win. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that at first. It was really just like, why, why can I make friends, you know? And so just that question, that question, um, I think really lets you get deep when you're chanting, like as far as being focused um, and uh, just honest with yourself. And um, Mm. so, yeah, I was thinking like that. It it definitely wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, (laughs) but it was like, that's how much, you know, when when you feel like when you're suffering, you know, I guess that's the beauty of chanting. Like you can chant as long as you want, you know, however you're, you're, you know, however you feel is appropriate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally hear you. It's uh it's interesting cuz the, you know, people always ask like especially when they're new to to chanting Namyo Renge Kyo and practicing Buddhism like what does it do? How does it work? And all of those questions. But mm-hmm. just from this early experience you're describing, like I'm just I'm just like seeing like confront and transform. You know, like confront what you're feeling mm-hmm. and then transform your disbelief. That's essentially what it is that we do when we chant and yeah believing in ourselves and if i mean on top of that you're in an environment where people are degrading you right it's it's hard i can only imagine yeah wow well thank you for sharing um that's a really wild first experience so so then okay so this was i guess it's been a while because you were in high school then (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. did you just kind of continue from then on or you were just like i'm gonna practice buddhism this 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 is it Mm. Yes and no. It was more like I'm going to continue chanting and I'm going to mm, have I don't I don't know what it I don't know how to describe it. Like I guess a part of me wants to say, "Oh, have my have like one foot in the practice." I just knew that I really respected, I really appreciated uh like the the support I got in in our you know district meetings and um i i i knew that i was gonna be somewhat active so i I didn't say no to things as far as hey you know do you want to come to this meeting or do you want to uh mc uh you know our introduction one-on-one meeting you know i would say yes to those things i would do it you know i would just kind of uh you know i i would be active but it wasn't like you know, I didn't get to that point uh, where I feel now where I'm like, this is it. Like, I have to fight. I, I have to transform the, the entire world. You know, I have to <laughs> I have to transform society through through my victory um, I'm chanting. So uh, mm. that doesn't happen till later. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. So um, feel free also, like if there's things that I don't think to ask or there's context mm-hmm. you want to build in any time. But okay. um, but just sort of building because uh, so much has changed. So now you are a musician. You're building mm-hmm. this career. I'm sure you've had so many experiences between when you first started and now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when we spoke on the phone, I remember you shared sort of this big transition point from when you left Arizona to go mm-hmm. to California and, you know, to pursue music and your relationship and career path. So, um, right. how, yeah, how did, how did that happen? Cause, um, 
I imagine you chanted through that process. So maybe we'll just start with that story. Yeah. And it's actually, it flows to your last question of like, oh, you know, when was that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to practice. This was that point for me, like this whole, (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean, um, this was around, this was 2017, 2018. And at that point, um, I think I've been making music for about eight years and I have about, I think maybe seven, seven or eight albums, you know, out, uh, in the completed and I'm, uh, really comfortable in my space in Arizona where I have my videographers. I, you know, uh, knew who all the, uh, the venue uh, managers and promoters and like booking agents and able to consistently just do shows per month and sell merchandise. And it was really um, a safe space for me, but I had aspirations to move to LA and it wasn't like for a particular reason other than I viewed LA as this place of happiness, like, oh, you know, because I didn't feel satisfaction in Arizona, you know, and, you know, obviously I didn't know till later that it's, it's within, you know, it's, it really was me, like, just not satisfied in general with myself and where, and my definition of happiness. But anyway, LA was that, like, okay, one, once I moved to LA, then that's when things are really going to start. And um, at the same time, I was in a long distance relationship um uh and uh this girl girlfriend at the time lived in San Francisco so it was like i had three different kind of struggles that i'm like battling okay i i feel intellectually logically staying in Arizona and just building on the 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 bricks that i've built in Arizona i will achieve success you know or LA I'll have to start fresh and maybe that's where I'll do success. And like San Francisco is kind of like the last on my list as far as if I was looking at it from a, um, a career point, just because of the market in San Francisco, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the same as LA. And uh, I just didn't know about San Francisco that much, you know? Um, and uh, I was battling with that because I really, really, really liked this girl and San Francisco that we were dating, we were dating, we were long distance dating, you know, about a year and a half at this point. So I'm like, okay, if I move to San Francisco, it's going to be to deepen my relationship with her and see where this goes. Right. And uh, anyway, around that time, the 50K Youth Festival uh, was in production. And um, one of the uh, first things we did was... um like towards the 50K was like create this this goal, like create a big goal that you don't even think is possible. And so um, one of my goals was to perform at the Marquee Theater and um, Marquee Theater is, um, it's in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, the, the venue capacity is about, I think maybe 4,000 people, something like that. And so I, I wrote a goal, I'm like, okay, all right, I write a goal. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna write it down, and um, I want to perform in front of, I want to perform at the Marquee Theater. You know, by by the time 50K happens, so t- 
towards that date, I was doing behind the scenes, uh, you know, and, and getting up early to, to prepare and doing things that I just, I'm like, I don't want to do this. You know, uh, you know, I was really kind of, but I was doing it, you know, and um, I, I was doing my human revolution doing that, like, you know, confronting my lazy nature, my selfish tendencies, all these kind of things for the success of this meeting. And um, two weeks before the meeting happens, um, I was asked to MC the 50K Youth Festival. And when I... After I emceed, I realized like, wait, what was the capacity here? You know, and it was like 5,000 people that like attended something crazy. It was at the Phoenix Convention Centers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I made my goal. You know, like my <laughs> goal was to perform at the Marquee Theater and um, which had a venue capacity of 3,000 or 4,000. And the Phoenix Convention Center had like literally exactly that or more um mm -hmm. and that's how many people in attendance came and i was i emceed it and it was just like it really blew my mind you know uh because i didn't think it was gonna happen right so uh anyways but i think the main takeaway from the 50k festival was how i felt after the meeting of just seeing how joyful people uh you know were how um you know just bright everyone's spirits were after it you know and i felt this deep sense of happiness from from that just seeing that and in real time i'm like wow like this is a better feeling than any show i've done you know uh streams you know or or getting shares from like my favorite artists uh opening up for artists like all those things that i kind of uh i defined as oh this is my this is my happiness you know this is but it didn't last long you know it did not last long i would do something and i'm like okay what's next like i need to do better right and so mm -hmm. but after this i'm like wow like this feels so like right you know and just seeing other people um happy and um anyways i told myself i'm like okay if i stick with this stick with this practice, chant and help others uh, um, chant and, and, and um, you know, battle their own struggles. I'm going to be okay because I'm going to be happy wherever I go. And so then I, I remember like literally the next day I, I called my girlfriend. Uh, I was like, I want to move. I want to move to San Francisco. And uh, she was like, she's like, all right. Like, you know, she, was, <laughs> she didn't say exactly that. It was you know, way more cooler. But uh, anyway, I decided, like, okay, I'm going to move to San Francisco because if I stick with this, I'm going to find happiness and success wherever I am, regardless of the, the, the specific location or wh who, where it's popular, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen, you know, mm -hmm. and that that's when I made a vow. Essentially, I made a mission statement that okay, when I move to San Francisco, I'm gonna put the practice first this time. And so I did that. I moved uh, the end of 2018, and then it's just been an amazing like roller coaster like of a life since. Uh, you know, I I wanted going to Japan 
uh, and um, really had some major breakthroughs at work. Um, I wound up marrying that girl that I was long distance dating with. Um, and yeah, it was just honestly just the best, you know, the mm. best, the best decision ever for me to move uh, based on the practice, based on, um, you know, my belief in, in my Buddha nature to, to transform my environment wherever I am and be happy, you know? Yeah. So... I, uh, first of all, I, I love that. And I, I want to hear then what, what happens <laughs> once you get to San Francisco, but just a, <laughs> just a quick kind of, um, follow up there too. So ju- just, well, okay. So first for context, the 50 K lines of justice festival was this crazy, huge festival that took place in three cities in 2018, organized by SGI, the Buddhist community on kind of the theme of justice. So I was at the one on the East Coast. So I, I understand <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> and it was huge. Um, but I, I, you know, you shared like this kind of feeling of conviction that like as long as I chant and I help others chant and I like I can get through anything. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, again, from the perspective of someone who's new, like um, what does that look like day to day? You know what I mean? Like, like mm. the, I know the festival was one aspect of it, but since mm. that's not like something we do every year, I'm just thinking like day to day wise, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, do you remember what your routine was? Like, like what, what do you mean by chanting and caring for other people? And like what shifted inside of your own heart that you were like, this is giving me this confidence, you know, I just want to connect mm-hmm. the dots a little, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so on a day to day level, it would look like, um, hey, you know, Nile, there's a, there's a guy who lives uh, down the street from you who also chants and he's in high school and um, he just got out of a relationship or, 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 or it doesn't even have to be that, you know, it could just be, hey, there's a guy here. Um, you should get to know him and uh you know he lives near you and you should chant together and um i reach out to him and we uh like build a connection i introduce myself and i you know just kind of essentially start a friendship you know really it's uh, like what we do is, is just bonds of friendship like just the connections is 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 um so important and when I say support them is being able to uh, create like a sincere friendship where that person opens up about whatever they're struggling with and being there to support them uh, through faith. So, you know, uh, giving, helping or uh, giving advice, you know, faith-based advice, like just on, you know, letting them know or, or reminding them of how powerful they are and how they can transform whatever they're suffering and, and, and chanting for them and chanting with them. Uh, you know, there was, there was, a, there was, a, there was a lot of guys that I got a chance to connect with uh, that were doing behind the scenes. Um, and one of the guys, I, I got a chance to really encourage him about like the bigger picture that, you know, if people come here, you know, to this event, the successful event that we are supporting, and they feel encouraged to 
believe that they can win in their daily life. Just one extra day. That's how we're shifting society. That's how we're really transforming is like through faith that these people, these members, these guests that that join and go to these meetings or festivals, you know, what have you, uh, and they are encouraged and protected and, you know, safe and have a, just a all around amazing experience. They're going to give it a try. They're going to test this practice out and they're going to experience what, you know, I experience and what so many people that do practice that do currently chant experience, which is this, just this confidence, you know, uh, of, of overcoming whatever struggles uh, you're, you're battling, you know, instead of just kind of like a leaf in the wind, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you feel grounded and everyone should feel that everyone should have that confidence with like about, about themselves, regardless of where they are economically or, you know, socially, uh, but just because they have Buddha nature, because they have Nam Myoho Renge Kyo within them, that they can absolutely become happy wherever they are. And anyway, I I can't remember how exactly I said it to him, but he was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, and he, and through that, he wound up doing it, helping behind the scenes. And, um, you know, he still practices today and, um, you know, really, you know, mm. you know, doing his best to see even more proof of the practice for himself. But anyway, that was just, you know, an example of, I think, yeah, uh, you know, really supporting people, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, like what I'm hearing you say and what's also really striking about it is like you started out as this kid who had this experience of being so negatively impacted by their environment. But then when you decided to like really start practicing and people really do ask this, you know, like what's the role of the community in the practice? Like, why can't you just chant by yourself and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, it's almost like you learn to become someone who can then create environments that are supportive to other people, kind of, Absolutely. Yeah, which is like really remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, yeah. So, okay. So it, it's, it's cool. So like this kind of experience is like you're almost your faith in yourself is building and then you take the plunge, you go to San Francisco where you eventually get married. (laughs) But uh, what, you know, I'm sure like anyone listening, if, especially if you're an artist of any kind, it's, it's a crazy battle to build a a career, right. As a musician, as an artist, any, any creative field. So um, how did you sort of approach that? And I'm sure you had to survive, you know, and work and all these other things too, but like, Kind of how did you use your practice then once you relocated and how did you now end up in L.A.? Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't even finish that story on huh? how I ended up in L.A. But um, yeah, so when I moved to San Francisco, I did not have a job lined up. But when you when you really just believe, you know, in the power, when you see when you've seen proof of the power of chanting, uh, you take leaps, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and my wisdom told me, I don't have a job lined up. I'm going to go. I'm going to land a job. Uh, and as long as I chant first. So I remember I, 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 I moved 
and I was ch I chanted a lot. And within, I would say two weeks, I landed a job and people were telling me like, that's crazy. You know, you know, it's so difficult, you know, to find, um, you know, a job, especially that quick in San Francisco. But anyway, uh, I have a deep uh, karma for, for attracting um, managers who don't like me. Uh, you know, that was that was another mm -hmm. like a thing I had to overcome. Um, and uh, long story short, you know, I I was encouraged to chant for this manager that drove me crazy. And I was like, why should I chant for this? You know, but, <laughs> you know, it was it was just you have to chant for their happiness, chant for their happiness, because there's a reason why that they're treating them. They're treating you the way that you're you, you've been treated. And also, this is an opportunity to to confront it because I've dealt, I've had other jobs and dealt with managers and I would quit. I would be like, okay, I'm out. You know, I would not deal with it. I'd be like, there's this is your this is this is your problem, not my problem. I quit. You know, but this time I stuck with it. You know, I stuck with it, and I I wound up actually introducing her to the practice um, and uh, telling her about Namu and Kyo and um, not too long after, she um, she wound up getting homesick uh, and wanted to move uh, back to where she was from because that's where she viewed like her to be happy, you know. And so it really kind of changed my perspective, like as far as you know, really chanting for other people's happiness and how it really just connects, like on a on a broader scale. We live in a world where people don't they might not view this they might not view or respect human life the way that you might, you know? So you have to work your way around that. And uh, because I was chanting, because I was active in the practice, uh, supporting uh, fellow, you know, uh, young men, like specifically, um, and, and chanting with them and encouraging them to, to um, you know, take that job or, or do that interview or, um, whatever it is that they are, uh, you know, struggling with just getting out of my comfort zone and not being, uh, you know, the, like a, a self-centered person that I know that I would be if I was not chanting, you know, if I was not involved, I would definitely be just focusing on my career. And, you know, most people would say, oh, rightfully so, you know, like, but because I made a choice that I'm really going to support you know the 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 young men around me to to continue chanting and to recognize their buddha nature and just how powerful it is um i've i've been able to really i i don't know i just feel like my life has been so like unique like when i moved an, another thing i was battling was my my parents were going through a divorce and i was kind of like the glue uh as far as keeping the peace in my family. And I was really afraid of like, okay, when I move, my whole family's gonna fall apart. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, my little brother, he was like 16 or 17 at the time, my sister, and you know, it, you know, it, it almost felt like people were picking sides uh, of who, which parent is right, which parent is wrong. And I was starting to see like my family karma kind of, uh, you know, um, transpire where 
you know, the lack of unity. And, um, and I, I do see that a lot in, in my family where, you know, my parents, they might not be that close with their siblings. And um, I don't want that, you know, from my family. So, uh, but I moved and I know for a fact, because I chant, I've been, my, my parents are as happy as ever, you know, now, like, you know, separated. And uh, I have a really great relationship with my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister. They both have good relations with both of them. And uh, they've been able to really not uh, create a chaos like I thought was going to happen when I when I first moved. And um, I think it's just really, you know, um, me committing to that, like within those three years have have encouraged me to keep to have a foundation, you know, now that, I, now that I live in LA, uh, I feel that I have like a solid foundation. When I, when I wanted to move to LA before, I know that I would just be kind of wandering around aimlessly and still viewing things as, you know, uh, tangible or, or material things as a form of happiness, you know, or, or, or what have you. You know, and but now, like I, I feel grounded. I feel I feel like I have a foundation. You know, I've like a stronger core that it's deeper than that. My happiness is 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 deeper. You know, um, than mm. than just material things. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It it reminds me of the moment that you describe, like especially if you've been doing music for so long and you're used to playing shows, you're used to crowds, like the mm. difference that you felt kind of in this purpose-driven festival and like the joy of, of like working for other people's happiness as opposed mm -hmm. to that high and then low that comes with the other, the other like kind of performing. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's really interesting. Cause I think that there's a, like it's applicable to people working in all kinds of fields, you know, if you're like self-focused the whole time or you have the kind of capacity to really like, keep your eyes and your heart on other people at the same time. Um, right. So yeah, I, I totally hear you and I love that. I, you know, so I, I'm just, I'm wondering like, it's been now so many years, right? Since you were like um, the first experience that you were like, I think I'm gonna try chanting. And so many people struggle with like, here are all the reasons I can't pursue what I want or here are all the reasons that, you know, my environment is, X, Y, and Z, and therefore this is never going to work out. And mm -hmm. I just have to limit my options, you know, that kind of like attitude. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like you've had all these experiences of continually defying that idea. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't have a job, I'm still going to go pursue this relationship or, you know, I don't have friends, right. somehow I'm going to make friends. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking like looking back at the, the younger Nile who experienced bullying and racism at such a young age, how have you come to sort of see yourself now and your role in society now? Because, you know, part of it is like our karma. Yeah. But part of it is that there are things that are not OK in the way that people view each other in society. And that is, is something right. that's difficult to deal with. So I'm just curious how you've like chanted about it or made sense of that now. Mm. That's such a great question. Uh, you know, I feel... Um, I feel, you know, there's so many, you know, there's so many things uh, going on in society, you know, that um, I feel 
need to change, you know? Um, and I see a lot of people suffering and, um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the most, uh, I feel like recently just things that like have really, you know, upset me was, you know, the death, the death of a Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, just realizing, you know, this guy, you know, he was just, you know, going on a, on a jog. Right. And, um, and essentially hunted down, you know, and, um, the, the fact that we, you know, live in that kind of society, it just, um, something has to change, you know? And I, I don't know, I, I felt kind of like, um, like, what can I do? You know, what, what can I really do? And, um, you know, I, I got encouragement about how I need to, you know, use that anger to, to help my immediate, the people in my immediate environment, uh, to become happy, to help them, you know, recognize their Buddha nature, because it's all connected. If, if the people are suffering, then the environment, you know, is a reflection of that, you know, and, um, I feel that we live in a country where people, uh, whether it's insecurity, whether it's racism, whether it's, you know, jealousy, hatred, greed, um, a lot of that feel is, you know, fills our heart, you know, and I believe that our society is a reflection of that. And so just from what I've experienced in my life, going to meetings and being, you know, at meetings where people look completely different to me, but they have just such deep respect for my life, you know, my, you know, respect for my Buddha nature. Um, it, 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 it's, you know, essentially it's like the microcosm of what America should be, you know, uh, a place where regardless of what you look like, you should be treated respectfully, you know, culturally, we we can make an impact in this country. I want I want to make an impact through my music, through heart to heart dialogue to mm -hmm. transform people's hearts. And I, I I want to be an impact on changing that uh, the the hearts of those people, you know, and and encouraging those people to do the work, do the work, you know, the, what we call human revolution, do the self work, do, you know, face your fears, uh, you know, of, of uh, uh, having those tough conversations with family and, um, and then encouraging them to chant, you know, to, to really, because when you chant, like you're essentially, you're demanding respect for your life and you're demanding respect for every other human life. Uh, just naturally when you chant number and get killed, that's what you're doing. So, you know, um, mm. so th that's really what, how I see myself making a role in society, um, you know, hard, hard dialogue. And then I want to be able to, uh, encourage people, um, to chant through my music, you know, in my own unique way, you know? Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing. I, it's so important too, you know, because I, I think like it it reminds me we often say in Buddhism, right? Like um to use the strategy of the Lotus Sutra rather than the strategy of the mind. Mm -hmm. Because it like to to really try to think about here are all the steps that need to take place in order to change society to make sure that, you know, what a ninth grader today doesn't experience what you experienced or worse, for instance. Mm -hmm. Like it's so hard to do that if you don't feel capable 
getting through your own day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, I love the way that you describe chanting. Like it, you're demanding respect for yourself and you kind mm-hmm. of can solidify your own life through chanting and finding your way and building your career and paying your bills and just feeling like a person who can, you know, take care of themselves. And then that expands outwards because then you start feeling like, hey, I can do this for other people too. I can have dialogues like the the young man you were describing earlier too. So, mm-hmm. but it all just comes from, yeah, some some sort of like energy or wisdom that comes out of your own life where you don't maybe have a master right. plan. <laughs> you just live your way into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think if, okay, I had to go through my own battle and my own battles and I'm still continuing, right? But I've become a better person, you know, uh, from it, right? So, uh, and I've, I've, had, I've had friends who had, who's, who's done their self-work and continue to battle themselves, you know, battle whatever they're struggling with and they're becoming a better person and, you know, really understanding just, how having a humanistic philosophy is is what is going to need to happen to transform America and and then in turn transform the entire world, you know, from our like little small effort. So I see it as if I can encourage this person to try this practice and see proof of this practice to keep them fighting, like, you know, and, and not giving up uh, like one day at a time, that is going to on a real scale of the environment reflecting the people and having you know a generation of youth carrying having this philosophy this humanistic philosophy and this fundamental belief of this power we have in our life you know getting into politics getting into you know economics getting like all those things to transform it like my mission is to make this you know, this world, this country, a better place through, uh, through my own personal victories and, you know, and, and in turn, like encouraging other people, uh, like to, 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 to do that as well. I have, a uh, and musically I have like a brand called victory after victory. Um, and it's what I talk about in my music, um, where any obstacle, you know, is an opportunity to become a better person. And I just know that just because I've dealt with my own like insecurities, my own like fundamental darknesses or like, you know, really you're you're stepping towards happiness when you confront those things that are ugly and that you don't want to deal with. And so I just think about America, like really doing that uh, is going to take a lot of self-work it's going to take a lot of human revolution and i'm i have to show proof of this practice and really have heart-to-heart dialogue and i think all of us need to but mm-hmm. it's got to start with us saying you know what i'm going to be a better person and chenny mm-hmm. Kyo is seriously like that step like like okay i'm going to make a cause be a better person i'm going to deal with whatever i've not been dealing with you know for this amount of time so yeah yeah, absolutely. And it's it, it, I I had never thought of it this way, but hearing you speak made me realize like like what you're describing needs to happen in society. Of course, yeah, starts with the individual, but like it can't happen if people don't view themselves as interconnected, which is like mm-hmm. when you say the root problem, right? That right. like we are all 
we are all the same and we are all interconnected is not the core belief of most countries, actually, <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. not America. But then this like day to day work of, you know, you're not picking and choosing which people you practice Buddhism with. If that's the guy that lives on your block, that's the guy that lives on your block. You know what I mean? Or right. like, and so just to always have that on the forefront of our minds because we practice in community makes interconnection the way you see the world, mm-hmm. you know, which I had never thought of before. Cause like, otherwise you can talk about it. You know, people can talk about, yeah, we're all interconnected and we need to like correct a lot of our perspective of each other. But it's right. impossible to do if you don't practice it every day, you know? Right, right. And like, the, that's what this does. That's what, you know, yeah. getting involved with the practice does is it creates a practice of, you know, just being with people that you wouldn't see, you know, like in your day to day. But like when you chant and like you get involved in this practice, like you go out there and you just make amazing bonds, like a friendship. And it just just from the spirit of, you know, encouraging other people and wanting to be encouraged too you know like i'm not you know i've 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 been way more encouraged than i feel encouraging that's how i feel but but i you know i mean (laughs) i just have just seen so many people you know just win in their life and just encourage me and just yeah it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's an amazing practice i feel like everyone should just you know give it a try for sure um yeah. yeah. Um. So so that leads me to um. So I always kind of wrap up with the same couple of questions, and mm. you know, I feel like you've touched on it probably already. But do you have like a favorite Buddhist concept or Buddhist quote or something that you really hold on to that you're like, this is really what I'm trying to practice from the philosophy? Yeah, I do. I actually have two low key, but sure. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's one um that uh, it really encourages me you know why you know just looking at the bigger picture um it's from Daisaku Ikeda um this book called New Human Revolution volume two Mm -hmm. and um the quote is um politics economics and science all need to be rooted in a great philosophy a great religion Nishin Buddhism, the philosophy that expounds the oneness of body and mind, is the foundation head that will enable the creation of a genuine humanistic civilization. And, uh, you know, that really just encourages me, um, like, so much. Uh, just, like, thinking about the bigger picture, when I think about tangibly, like, you know, economics, science, politics, all of that will be in effect to this cause of, of uh recognizing the dignity of human life um and then there's one more quote that i really like um so this is also from Nasaku Ikeda and uh the quote is there are many kinds of revolutions political economic industrial scientific and artistic each is significant in its own way and sometimes necessary but whatever changes are made, if the people implementing them are selfish and lack compassion, they won't improve the world. Human revolution is the most fundamental revolution and indeed the most essential revolution for humankind. And yeah, that's just, Whoa. I know, right? Like, it's just, so I, it's, it's, and it's like, it makes me look at myself like I got to continue to do the work. Like, so that 
my environment reflects that as well. And, you know, that's what yeah. we're all doing. Yeah, I, I love that. And for, for those who are new, like human revolution, which we can also say is like inner transformation, but honestly, it's so much deeper than that. Like it's, it's like this continual kind of like what, what we talked about earlier, like this continual, like, like digging out of your potential and like deepening of your belief and respect for yourself and for other people, yeah. which is lifelong. Absolutely. Lifelong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you still have to, you know, deal with uh, whatever you're dealing with. But I definitely know like the internalized hate that I had, it's completely gone. You know, I have like so much love for myself, so much pride for like who I am and, you know, where my family comes from. And uh, it really helps me just navigate just so much uh, more sincerely in, you know, in society. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this is how I always end the show, um, mm. which is if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's listening who might be new to Buddhism um, mm. and maybe has like a similar life journey to yours. If you were to give one piece of advice to someone who's who's new, what would you say? Mm. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy your growth. Enjoy the uncomfortability of your growth. I, th I think that is essential. Um, if you can view, you know, chanting, let's just say like a cup of water and you have dirt at the bottom, like of this cup, when you chant, you're going to stir that water up and like there's going to be things that are going to come up, you know, and it's for a reason, you know, it's for a reason. Like you have to deal with that in order for for this water to to uh, filter itself and for you to like really just see yourself clearly. Um, that That is so important, you know, so it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to see inconspicuous, conspicuous benefits uh, and you're going to you're going to be a better person um and you're going to be happier you know absolutely so just don't give up but essentially just enjoy enjoy everything i found niall's story to be such an amazing example of the concept of the oneness of life and its environment which as a reminder you can learn about in the video linked in the show notes I'll leave you today with these words from Ikeda about the concept, which I really feel capture Niall's experience. Ikeda writes, When people's hearts change and they arouse great courage, their voice, expression, behavior, and spirit also change, and they can transform every aspect of their lives and environment. This is the principle of the oneness of life and its environment. As always, if you have questions or you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.